You guys know supporting local business is in our blood, and we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for any of your long-term projects. Since 1972, DRC has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and even custom hoses. And guess what? snow is coming. In fact, we've already seen a little bit of it, and you'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their facility a couple of weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed a machine that cuts materials that go inside of bulletproof vests and can stop AK bullets. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes all of it. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, or anything else that you might want. Call at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR and tell them who sent you. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call JT Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. They have 17 Colorado locations and you can visit any one of them and go through their express checkout to get in and out as quickly as possible or head to mygreensolution.com to order online and pick up in the store. And you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley with a double header on the horizon. We figured we would do our usual Friday question show on a Thursday here just to get them in before things start to ramp up a little bit. AJ, first question of the day. How are you doing and how salty are you about the game last night still? Uh, I've moved on. Yeah. Life is, uh, you know, life life is set up amazingly to let stuff go. Yep. Especially in the sports world because the games happen at night. And then you go to bed and then you wake up the next day and you just have too much other stuff going on to yep. sit around and dwell about what happened last night. And I can, game seven is totally different. They lost to San Jose in game seven. I laid in bed the whole next day. Well, with game seven, you wake up the next day and there's no more hockey. It's not on to the next one. Yeah, it's it's eh, what now? Right, exactly. And I watched none of the Western Conference or Eastern Conference finals after that. None of it. Not an, I, Not one second of it. I watched on purpose. Everything that I saw came through Twitter GIFs. So, which, looking forward to Altitude trying to shut those down again. <laughs> Good luck. Um, anyway, not, not to get into that whole bit of saltiness. I'm great, man. Uh, it's a great day. Good weather. 
had a nice meeting today. We all got to see each other. It's it's rare when the whole gang gets together, so it was it's cool to see everybody. Uh, sorry, I missed out on the watch party last night. Some some of you guys know uh, my my house flooded last weekend, um, and I live in the basement, so naturally. When a house floods, I'm the first to go. So uh, I've been dealing with all of that. Uh, slowly but surely putting all of the pieces of, of my personal life back together. So, you know, we'll, um, we'll see. Uh, but today, taking a positive attitude towards it. What happened yesterday happened, and uh, here we are. Well, that's a good way to look at it. I'm glad you're back on the pod here with me, getting all this up and running again. So let's jump right in here with uh, with another positive question here coming from Zedel herself. What is your favorite thing about Canada? Uh, well, first of all, it's my fiance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this seems like a trick question. <laughs> uh, she's without a doubt my favorite thing about Canada. But great country, uh, but but really, uh, as a guy that is not uh, a big chocolate bar fan, yeah, and like not a big like candy guy in general, they have a chocolate bar up there called Crunchy, mm-hmm. and it's like chocolate on the outside and like this like sponge toffee in the middle. Not like a crunch bar like we have here. No, 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 no. Not at okay. all. No, no way. It looks like a Snickers on the outside. I mean, okay. it looks, I mean, or a yeah, Milky yeah. Way or, you know, whatever. What it One looks of the, like a like, chocolate bar on the yeah, outside. The, the thinner ones, yeah. And then, and then you break it in half and it's like a sponge toffee in the middle. And like, I, so when I went, when I went up there over the summer uh, and when I was there for Vancouver, in Vancouver for the draft, uh, I would go to the to the gas station and I would just grab something I've never heard of before and just yeah. try it. And that that applied to both chips and uh, which is how I've tried like seven different variations of ketchup chips <laughs> and uh, candy bars and all of that. And man, I I was there were some okay ones uh, that I was like, oh, you know, maybe on a different day I would like this. But the crunchy bar, that's where it was at. Every time was dope. Dude, I was like. <laughs> so yeah. good. I've I've never actually been to Canada, which might be like blasphemous considering I cover hockey, but <laughs> it's the truth. So I might not even be correct in that this is a Canadian thing, but mm. I learned about it because of Canada and that's all dressed chips. Oh, it's also so good. Right. I can get down with those all the time. I could just eat those at all moments of my entire life. Ugh. Like so good. <laughs> nom 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 nom. So yeah, food apparently is it's, our favorite thing about Canada. Well, and like the other thing on there would be like poutine, right? Because poutine yeah, is absolutely. good. My biggest thing with poutine, and it's just a me thing, right? That I'm that I'm going through right now. I'm super over fries. Yeah. And obviously that's a large part of the poutine equation. Uh, I was a big fan of the cheese curds and some of the gravy at different places that, that we went to when I was, there. Oh, so good. But the fries, man, I just don't want to put fries in my mouth. Don't want to eat them. No, nope. I, I don't have that problem. I can get down with fries anytime. Unless they're sweet potato fries, then get them out of here. I just, 
I just got to a point where it was like I was having fries with like everything. Yeah. And I was just like, God, I'm so over. I'm so over fries. The thing is, like, I feel like I'll try and switch it up then and it'll just be like mashed potatoes then. And it's like, this is still just potatoes. So I might as well just eat fries. Yeah. Like, see, and that's the thing is like, I, I'm, I'm, I'll get down with some tater tots. Yeah. So, well, something I guarantee that goes well with Canadian food, a Breckenridge beer. So it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in Colorado in 1990. And at this point, I've told you about almost every single one of their beers. Today, I'm picking the vanilla porter off the shelf as as the one to talk up a little bit. It's one of their classics. I don't know if I can call it a classic. I'm not really sure. But it's one of the beers that they've been making the longest. And it a heavier beer one of those darker ones that if you're into that style of beer i highly recommend because i am aj a lighter beer man himself is probably rocking the colorado core or something like that something a little bit easier to drink maybe you can have a couple more of those and not feel like you had a liquid dinner so either way breck makes a beer for you i highly recommend it go out and just try one until you find one you like chances are you'll like all of them so you can look for that at your local liquor store any breckenridge beer or you can keep an eye out on the dnvr.com for the breckenridge event calendar where we have all of our events planned we of course were drinking breck beers at the watch party last night and we will be doing so at many events in the future as well okay Let's get to an abs question here. Mary asks, how many times this year already has a game been discussed as bizarre, odd, and weird? And I kind of want to expand on this. And has this season felt out of the ordinarily weird? Like the starts of seasons always have some strange stuff going on. But this year, especially, it feels like things have kind of gone sideways. I haven't really honestly watched a lot of non-abs hockey yet. Yeah. Um, I've caught most of the most of the non-abs games that I've watched have been Isles games, of course. Uh, and they're just not very good. So um those are those are weird in that my heart hurts when I watch them. Uh but really I think the abs games have definitely been odd so far. There has there have been some games with absolutely no flow whatsoever. Yep. Uh, there were some with crazy good flow. Um, the the Boston game that that was a great hockey game. That was about the most normal game that there was uh, of this season, where there was a game the, the game started and it had a flow to it, and that flow just sort of continued. Right. It paced itself out pretty. Yeah. And, you know, the the teams put, you know, one team controlled and the other team controlled. And it was a pretty normal game in that there was back and forth. There was a lot of skill and and they played it at a, at a pretty similar pace throughout um, the the rest of their games haven't really been that way, though. And some of that is because they've been leading going into third periods. And so they've been changing it up and locking it down and and trying to play a certain way to ensure that they win and taking fewer chances and, you know, things like that. You're you're natural, like trying to finish the game stuff. 
I mean, I, I think the third periods for the most part have been fairly normal as far as pacing is concerned. The weird parts are the first two periods where the Avs are building that lead, but it's just it feels like there's constant whistles or penalties or whatever going on. There have been a ton of penalties Yep. Uh, in Avs games, uh, especially the first several where it was just like, like last night was nice because what the... <laughs> The Avs had three penalties called against them in the first period. They had one called against the Pens. Uh, there were six power plays in the game, and four of them came in the first period, so it was pretty reasonable the rest of the game. Yep. You know, so it was... It, that That was nice. Like, that was a little better, but a lot. Like, the, the Calgary and Minnesota games especially did not have any real flow to them. Yeah. It, it's just been a bit disjointed. And it doesn't seem to have hindered the Avs that much. It hasn't really stopped their momentum. They've had the lead in every single game they've played at one point or another. So, Yeah, they, they've played pretty high-scoring games, too. Yeah, that 3-2 loss is probably the mm-hmm. lowest. I guess it was 3-2 win against Arizona, too. But those are the two lowest-scoring ones. Yeah, I'm 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 looking for things to normalize here. Yeah. The schedule hasn't done them any favors. They played two games, they had four days off. They played two games, they go on a you know, month long road trip. Like it's just sort of it's just sort of an odd schedule to start with, and it, I think it makes sense that we've seen that reflected in uh <clears throat> we've seen that reflected in, in how Colorado's games have gone so far. Next question. Derek asks, stylistically, which teams do the Avs match up against least favorably? We saw, systemically, Arizona had a plan to shut them down, and the Avs kind of were able to overcome it. Maybe they, Avs, the Avs did it to themselves a little bit against Pittsburgh, but we haven't really seen a team give the Avs really fits. I would say, I would say stylistically, it's going to be the same teams as usual. You know, San Jose... Um, uh, the the Jets always just the way that they want to play. Yeah, uh, I don't know that they'll be as effective playing that way as ha- they have been in the past. But Paul Maurice teams have always given them fits. I mean, even what Arizona did stylistically, we saw what Arizona wanted to do to to slow Colorado down, and it's incredibly annoying when it's effective. Really does slow the whole game down both ways yeah they want to play low event low danger hockey and try to capitalize um you know st louis um i think is going to be another team that that is just built to pester and annoy the abs although i am very excited to see how they really match up uh with colorado having a deeper forward core because i think that's where st louis kind of has that feather in their cap is yeah. that they've got a deep forward core. Uh, they've got four lines worth of guys that can really contribute in a lot of ways. Uh, they don't have that really high-end one, but they don't have a really low ceiling, or I'm sorry, a, li- a really low floor either. And I like that about them. Um, I think Tampa Bay is going to give everybody problems because they can just throw so much speed and skill at you, even if their back end is a little suspect. And then Dallas. Uh, if Dallas plays the way that Dallas wants to play, if they're effective, Dallas's two-one nonsense just sucks. Yeah, yeah. When 
when they're playing the coaches game and not the let's try and score all the goals game and end up getting scored on. Yeah, I you know, I I know some people want to put Vegas on there, but I think Colorado uh Colorado has lost to Vegas uh a handful of times, but I think that stylistically they actually match up pretty well. I think the Avs are built uh much better now to really go after uh to go after them. Yeah, that that series is actually interesting. Neither team has won in the other team's building. At home, both teams are 100%. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think um, Vegas and Colorado is setting up to be uh, the Western Conference rivalry in the next five years. Heard it here first. We'll go ahead and head to our first break on a little mic drop like that. So have to tell you about drift car sharing here. And if you're like me... Odds are you probably are always looking to make a little bit of money. I know I am. Pretty much everybody else is as well. And there's a new easy way that you can add a few bucks to your wallet here in Denver. Denver's newest travel hack is here. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver Airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel, like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right, even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon arrival. Get all the info on drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. You are asking us questions, and we are doing our best to answer them. AJ, I know you haven't, you've said you haven't watched that much hockey outside of the Avs this year, but your boy Luke from Winnipeg asks, what are your favorite non and man, I am struggling today. What are your favorite non Avs NHL storylines so far this year? Ooh. Um, I think that my favorite storyline around the NHL is the rise of team puppies. <laughs> Everyone's getting a puppy. Yeah. I met the one in St. Louis last year and he was so, <laughs> I was like, Oh my, he was just so cute. And I think that's great. Everybody loves puppies and having a team puppy. It just kind of wanders around with your Jersey on and, is not actually a, a human in a big old suit like Bernie. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I also think it's super unreasonable to ask the avalanche to get a St. Bernard. Do not do that avalanche. Why not? Uh, because get, get a dog. That's going to be a little more reasonable. That thing is when it grows up, it's going to be a horse. The St. Bernard's are great though. They end up being super lazy if they're not like trained to do which, stuff, which is dope. Like I'm sure the people who would have to take care of it would appreciate <laughs> the dog not being a high energy dog. <laughs> yeah, the dog being lazy. Uh, I just uh, knowing knowing kind of the Pepsi Center and uh, it's it's lack of. I guess we'll call it space, uh, a lack yeah. of ability to give it a real accommodation for that dog. Like it would be pretty tight. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they would keep it. I don't know who, I don't know who takes care of it. I don't, you know, it, it, 
there would be a lot of logistics for them to work out. I'm all for them getting a dog. I just don't think that they should get a St. Bernard. They've got one of those already. Point made. Get a super cute puppy that is a little easier to take care of. All right. I can always accept super cute puppy, regardless of what type. I do think that that is one of the better things that the NHL has done in the last few years. Um, One of my favorite storylines, certainly around the league, is the rise of the team puppies. My favorite storyline to follow is the Calder conversation, mainly the people struggling in the Calder conversation, which yes, it's way too early. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Jack Hughes has no points in six games on a New Jersey team. That is just in the absolute dumps. (laughs) And you've, you, you know, you've seen those highlights, like the goal, the goal that he like that, that like hit both posts and bounced on the blue line and like, was like a quarter of the way over. And just can't buy one yeah the uh the 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 pass he made uh that to to taylor hall for the one-timer that where carter hart robbed him yep and it was like well that right there purely from highlights and nothing else are two points he should have had and it's just like damn this this is how you know hockey's cruel yep it's just nothing is going right for new jersey right now I think back to uh, uh, I think back to Duchesne's rookie year. Yeah, and like what an impossible time he had getting that first goal. Yep. Sometimes uh, you just can't buy one, but memories. I mean, Kako bought his. He's got one goal in three games because the Rangers don't play hockey. Apparently, yeah, they play each other tonight. Well, there you go. So one of them has to win. <laughs> Yeah, I hope uh, I hope they score on like back to back shifts. That would be funny. Some <laughs> other, all right. If Jack Hughes really wants to live up to the Crosby Ovechkin conversation, they need dueling hat tricks. There you go. So that'd be awesome. But make it happen. You follow in that race, uh, so you're you're looking at those guys, but you're not celebrating Victor Golufson. Definitely not celebrating the the breakout of Victor Olufsen. Don't know if I'm uh. I'm convinced by that one, but Hey, I mean, six goals in seven games. Maybe I should. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shooting 35%, that's super sustainable. <laughs> Surely he can keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, fun story. Like, no, oh, of course. I feel like every year Buffalo has like two weeks where they're allowed to enjoy hockey. And then the rest of it is just pure misery. And this is, they're getting their, they're getting their two weeks out of the way right now. The Bills start to threaten to actually make the playoffs, and it just sucks the life out of the Sabres slowly. The Bills should make the playoffs this year. <laughs> They're actually in position too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Obviously, you have the the other kind of big names up there: Cody Glass with Vegas, Quinn Hughes with Vancouver, Martin Neches up there with Carolina. Mm. Martin Neches, ah, the memories. How close he came to being an Av. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we can live with Kout, though. Yeah. He's close enough. They're both Czech. Yeah, and they're best friends. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two of the three best friends that have ever uh, played for the Czech team. Everyone's out here talking about Mac and Drew and no, Martin and Martin. That's right. <laughs> Martin and Martine. <laughs> Martin and Martine. There you go. <laughs> If that's not a buddy buddy cop movie, I don't know what is. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving on here. 
Feral American asks, what is your ideal top six D for the Avs in the playoffs this year? Would you oh, see Byram please. up and in? Would you see Timmins fully in? Or yeah. where does it fall? Yeah, uh, it would be uh, Gerard Johnson, Cole Zadorov, Makar, Timmins. Okay. So with with depending on how Graves plays through the regular season, because I think he's looked really solid so far. Uh, keeping him, if he continues to play that well, then then maybe you just keep him. And you know, if if Cole or Zadorov aren't playing well, then that's what you do. You you pull whichever of those guys off the left side and let. Uh, and that's this is also assuming Timmins has the kind of year in the AHL that I'm hopeful he has where he eventually gets called up, puts in the lineup, given trust and, and never looks back is let's say Byram gets knocked out of the WHL playoffs a bit early. Is that a consideration? Would you put him in? What kind of year did he have? Uh, Yeah. Let's say he's, he's keeping pace right now. He's scoring about 1.35 points per game or something. So let's say he has a 70 point season. You know, last year, I think there was a hole there for McCarr to just walk in and take it. Yeah. I don't know that the same opportunity is there this year. Especially if Timmons has the type of year you were talking about. Yeah. Or even if Graves does. I mean, honestly, even if Graves does and Timmons doesn't, then there's your six. Yep. That's true. Not a ton of spots out there. Yeah. And then, you know, and then of course you can assess, reassess over the summer uh, and all that, but going into the man, that's be a tough sell. Yeah, it really. <laughs> I don't. There's so many variables there. I we really need to make an ASMR podcast of just your like thinking sounds. Oh, <laughs> uh, that makes me really self conscious. I'll stop doing that. <laughs> no, they're great. <laughs> They're really expressive. That's exactly what a podcast needs. Yeah, I, boy, I, I mean, there's just so many things that come into play on it. So, um, it's it's tough to say ideal. Ideally, like in a perfect world, in an absolute perfect world, uh, Zadorov lives up to his potential. Ian Cole gets traded at the deadline, and you have Byron and Timmons on your third pairing because they both just blew the water out of the leagues that they played in and rolled in there. And there you go. Like that's, that's like a perfect, like everything has gone amazingly and you got something free and cold to deadline. Okay. Well, we're trying to end every segment on a positive note today. So I think that's a good one to, to end it on, even if it might be a touch far fetched, but we'll <laughs> go with it. We'll go with it after early man. Cause yeah, right. Regardless NHL needs to prepare itself for that being the, the six next season. Yeah. It's coming eventually no matter <laughs> what. So right. get ready. Uh, but you know, I, we had the chance to hang out with the DNVR fam at the watch party the other night. And, and another great thing about this DR, DNVR family, we now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business. 
Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition, go to houselift.com. They'll show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design and will handle all of the costs as well. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page. You can find both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for other homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more in their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh, yeah. If you hire one of Houseless preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. Third and final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution with AJ and Rudo. This first question of this segment is going to come from me. What player on the Avs would you consider a hockey fantasy sleeper? So I don't mean like they're star players. Obviously, everyone has McKinnon, Randon, and Landis, Gog, et cetera, on their team. Gerard. Yeah? I'm just going to keep believing until too many years have passed. <laughs> that the offense is going to come? Yeah. All right. That he'll be a 40-point guy. Yeah. So there you go. Our tip of the day, draft Sam Gerard in your keeper league. Or in your not keeper league, I guess, if you think he's going to break out this year. I imagine he's probably a free agent in most leagues. You would think so. He doesn't do much in the way of block shots. Uh, doesn't give you any pims. Gives you nothing in that category. His his defensive style is not fantasy friendly in any way. <laughs> yeah, so he's got to be he's got to be a, a forty point guy. That might be one of those ones where it's like you're in a sixteen team league. Yeah, and you and, have to get real deep. Yeah, and this is a dude that is, uh, you know, top four minutes every night. So, worth putting out there and just seeing how it goes. Yep. You can always take Zadora for the penalty minute play, if that's what you're into. But Yeah, and the, like, scoring formats, right, are so different in leagues now. Right. You know, people have figured out that plus minus is a terrible, terrible fantasy stat because it – it punishes you for drafting good players on bad teams. Yep. And I don't, I don't think that's strategy. I think that's punishment. (laughs) So. All right. Well, fair enough. Not fantasy hockey online here, but sticking with a bit of a theme of, of fantasies in hockey. Jonathan Uh, asks, Okay, well, not those fantasies. Is this, right. this going to be like that commercial where the, the, the French maid outfit and she gets the room all candled up and like comes into the room and, and or he uh, the, the husband busts into the room and he's wearing goalie gear and a Flyers jersey <laughs> and he starts stretching and he's like, uh, uh, and she's like looking at him and he goes, what? You said fantasy. <laughs> I, I think it might just be more shirtless Landy in a mirror, but whatever. <laughs> uh, no, no, this has to do with a fantasy trade. Jonathan asks, what's the one trade you would still make to improve the abs today? And what trade from the off season would you undo? 
Uh, repeat that. I just want to make sure I have the details correct. What trade would you make to improve the team today? And what trade from the off season would you undo? Which off season? <laughs> this off season, I'm assuming. Because I don't know that there are any trades that I would undo. Correct. Right now. I agree with you on that. Uh, would, some free agent term, signings, maybe, but we'll see about the Burakovsky thing. Like that's the only one that I would be iffy on. Um, but really, like I don't know how any other deal, like the Kadri deal, like definitely not undoing that. Yeah, Kadri, Kadri. I'm never gonna get that. Kadri. I. It's just so unnatural to me. Um. Oof, what would I do today to make go, the team better? Yeah. You know, I might do Bowers, Zadorov, and a first for Taylor Hall. Is that does that come with an extension? Um yeah, I think it does. I okay. I think I'd probably do that too then. Yeah. And you know, it's not such a deep cut. You know, that would give them Subban and Votnin, uh, Severson, Butcher, uh, and, and Zadorov on that back end, which, like, that's okay. Like, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's okay. That's an all right defense. It's, it's getting you there. Bowers, I don't know how much he helps them. You know, you might, you might have to give up somebody else for that but i mean it would be bowers uh, bowers or kout or i i think it'd probably have to be bowers or kout because new hook is a yeah. no-go yeah definitely i'm not, I'm not, not doing, want to give up new hook i'm not doing new hook like i'm straight up just not like the answer is no um but i'd be willing to give up just about every other forward in the organization uh that's that's still a prospect Sampo Ranta, come on down. Yeah, right, right. I, I mean, any of them, honestly, any of them. And if if they wanted an NHLer instead, then that's where you give them Jost. Yeah, it would feel bad to give up Jost today, but at the deadline, it would potentially feel a lot better. Yeah, yeah, but that might also be some of the, the appeal. End of his value, exactly. Right, right. that's the problem. Yeah, he, you know, he gets on a nice little hot streak, you know, he he puts up five points in six games or something, you know, and then go, 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 go before he goes 10 games without scoring a point. Right. Yeah. You know, something like that. So, um, so something along those lines, you know, and that's that's completely off the top of my head. What that yeah, yeah. really like digging into is that is that really what I would think of as fair value? How does this match up historically? Because that's how they build. That's how they build those trades is they look at previous deals and and say, okay, well, what today, what's that equivalent or add a little something, you know? Yeah, right. It's it, We're not digging into the weeds here. We're just kind of... Right. Off the top of my head, that's, that's where I would go. Uh, that's definitely the direction I would look at. Yeah. I'm, our top six winger is realistically still something the abs need you know 
Burakovsky has started off strong there, but it's still something that needs to be proven. Right. Donskoy can I mean, fill that role, but is he really a second line winger? Maybe put, put Hall and Burakovsky next to Kadri. Right. And how much better do you feel That's about just dumb? Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I say that put Hall next to McKinnon and Rantanen, and then you have Landeskog next to Kadri and Burakovsky. Right. You're any way you want to cut those six up. It's it's a real six not yeah. four not five six yeah so that's definitely yeah i'm feeling that i can i can definitely be interested in in that side of things lesser targets chris Kreider and tyler Tafoli. Tafoli, yes i'm not sold on Kreider at all age yeah injuries and age yeah well yeah i, I kind of clump those two together always but yeah, okay. definitely both of those. And, you know, I don't want to commit in the immediate to that age advancement again. And that's where I think you can run into trouble and you end up risking a lot. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going after a true top six talent like a Taylor Hall or something like that. Right. Like Taylor Hall, is, you're like, look, health is the concern. Yeah. Nothing else. You know, with Kreider. I think it's uh, he'd be a great fit, but he would have been a great fit five years ago. Um, and even then, the heart of his career, he has exactly two 50-point seasons in his right. entire career. So it's not like this is like a slam dunk, right? And the guy, the guy is mostly a goal scorer for you, and that's what you got Burakovsky for. So I think he might be a little more on the redundant side. Uh, in terms of how you get there, because then if you have if you have Kreider next to uh, Burakovsky and Kadri, you, you don't really have any distributors on that line. You've got three dudes that are, you know, Kreider is more of a go to the net, uh, tip pucks home, bang home rebounds kind of goal scorer. Burakovsky is more of a shooter. Kadri uh, is more of a shooter. So uh, I think that redundancy there would hurt, but obvious guys that are a fit, and then uh, Toffoli is a guy that can do a little bit of everything for you. But again, fair to wonder how high is the, is the upside really? Uh, And, and the puck distribution I think is solid, but unspectacular. And you don't really know uh, goal wise, the, the range of goals in his entire NHL career have been so wild. Even, even when he was healthy and playing well, he's going from, you know, 30 to 13. And you're just like, what's going on here? I, I basically see Toffoli as a rich man's comfort, basically. Uh, okay. That's fine. Well, that same type it, of versatility. Might be rich man's Donskoy, honestly, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Yeah. Like, and I would be, I, I really don't know what he would want money wise. That would be fair market value for him when, when you're talking about contract extension, but at 27, uh, and he doesn't turn 28 until the very end of the season. You're, you, you'll be in the second round of the playoffs before he turns 28. So, um, you know, you you are getting a guy that's a couple of years younger than than Kreider and and has that going for him. But those would be guys that you know teams teams that you expect to be out of it who are pending UFAs where you're you're realistically looking at that conversation. Maybe the deep sleeper here. Uh, is Nugent Hopkins if Edmonton's party eventually comes crashing down. 
yeah, it would be hard to say that at the moment, but yeah. there's no way that's sustainable. So yeah, and we talk about great stories going on around the league. Um, Edmonton, Edmonton giving their fans something to cheer for for three weeks is great. Those people, those people have been so miserable, man. I can't, I can't help but just feel like, hey, good for you. Uh, the fans, I want Edmonton to succeed. That front office, I want to just continue burning. Yeah, and and like watching McDavid, honestly, man, I want to see McDavid in the postseason. I'm I'm mortified of the idea of of the Abs and the Oilers in a postseason series because McDavid has destroyed the Abs and the Abs many many times, <laughs> like about as badly as he's owned anybody else in his career up to this point. So, yeah. I'm nervous about that aspect of it, but like you want to see the game's best players on the biggest stage. You just do. Yeah. You know, any any very, fan very. of hockey should not be okay with Connor McDavid's season being meaningless halfway through March every single year. Yeah. I, I agree with that. He's the best player in the league, and he plays a lot of not worth anything hockey. So, yeah, hopefully that gets fixed one way or another, but yeah. no need to start that fire. Let's just move on to one final question here before we close out the show. Nice variety today. Yeah, we got a good, a good little bit of everything, yeah. you know, around the league, some non-hockey, some avs. Finally, Andrew asks, do either of us follow any XAVs closely now that they are on other teams? And is there one that you would bring back if it were feasible? Um, Before they went out and got Cadre, I mean, I think O'Reilly was like the obvious one, right? Like the picture perfect yeah. compliment to Nathan McKinnon. Um. I don't ex abs that I follow closely though. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really follow any of them that closely. Like I'm still appreciative of them. Yeah, I think I'll probably follow Barry pretty closely. I won't. Um, I might have if he didn't go to Toronto. I, which 100% agree with you. I might. I might be over it by a month from now. But yeah, uh, I I liked Tyson on on a personal level so much. Um, I'm actually excited for them to come visit just so I can go and see him and shake his hand and talk to him. And same thing with Kerfoot. I really liked both of those guys. They were both always so cool with me and respectful and gave me the time of day and, and were cool with it. You know, and they, they weren't just going through the motions. They would have conversations and, uh, they were just such good guys that I, I would like to follow both of them. Um, but really, um, I would say the other guy that I've tried to keep tabs on, I haven't done a great job of it because I don't know where he is these days, but I really, really liked Andreas Martinson. Is he still with Chicago? I don't know. I don't think he is. I, I saw his name pop up randomly in the preseason with a team where I was just like, what? Yeah, he he signed a deal with someone. I just don't remember who. He's in Anaheim. Ah, got it. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I can't say I followed him that closely because I just <laughs> learned that. But uh, a guy that I, I love talking to had a great perspective on life and was just was just a happy guy and one of those guys that was living his dream 
and was very, very easy to root for. Uh, so I, you know, him, um, I guess to a, a small extent, not major, but like I've, I've, I've always enjoyed watching him play um, even after he left, but Paul Stasny. Yeah. I, I mean, that conversation is the same one that it was with, with O'Reilly, right? Yeah. Where now that Kadri's here, it's like, well, yeah. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, most of the ex avs, I mean, let's, let's be real here. The majority of the ex avs outside of those guys that we just named aren't in the NHL anymore. Yeah. I, I'd love to have Pickard around, especially since I get to go to Eagles games and stuff. And that's where he would be really. Yeah. That's a really good call. I, I've, I don't think of him as an ex av, but um, I mean, I've, I've certainly enjoyed this part of Johnny Boychuk's career. <laughs> he played four games for the Avs. It counts. So, you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm keeping tabs on Mahan Varley in, <laughs> uh, in the Island. So, you know, I, I will definitely continue to do that. Oof, that has not gone well. And those fans are not happy. Yeah. That's a big yikes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's early three games, three games. That's what I'm hanging on. Three to. games is enough to to get you strung up these days. Three, so. three, two, three games is enough to make me nervous because he looked <laughs> real bad. You, you know, yesterday when we were talking about uh, on last night's pod after the game, we were talking about how when Grubauer's locked in, you can tell because he's it's it's very uh, repeatable that he doesn't he doesn't. There's not a lot of scrambling. Yeah. There's he's just he makes the save and the and it just looks almost boring. And when Varley was locked in, he was always out on his edges and he was super aggressive and he had that that crazy athleticism and he just looked absolutely unbeatable. But when he was the exact opposite and he played deep in his net and it just didn't have any confidence, that's what he's looked like so far with the Isles. It's been bad, man. Yeah, that's that's no good. And I can't end the show with that. Oh, yeah, we're we supposed to end on a positive note. note. Yeah. <laughs> well, do we have another question that produces a more positive answer? Uh, neither I, one of us are, are big fans of following guys that leave. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. Um, I didn't have one off the top here, but let me see. I can take a really quick look. If both of us were managing the team this year, what changes would you make to the Eagles to get the most out of them? That's not going to produce a positive answer. It will because we're not going to go into what they're doing. We're just going to say what would be good. Oh, well, first of all, I'd stop playing all the veterans on the top six, which they've already done. Yeah. And that's that's the answer we're getting to here is let the rookies shine or let the prospects shine, because I have faith that they can if given the opportunity. Yeah, um, you need to you need to understand that your AHL team is primarily a, a vehicle for development. And you need to take that seriously, more seriously than you have. There you go. Prospects are good. That's as close as a good positive note that I'm going to get to. Yeah, other, <laughs> other, otherwise it's going to be very disingenuous. Yeah. All right. Well, we tried. We'll end it there. Thanks for listening. As always, we will be back tomorrow afternoon, morning-ish, to preview the upcoming head 
head to head to head. No, back to back. Close enough. I'm out of words for today. So they're going head to head with the state of Florida. True. There you go. Both both teams in Florida is what they're going head to head with. So we will talk about it tomorrow, but we'll catch you then. You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience, a pretty rough hangover experience after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, the, this video is worth checking out on Facebook at DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean, they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app. Request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. VitaMobileIV.com is the place to visit today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%.